to you. Good morning, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Won't you share with a friend or two? Good morning, good morning to you. You. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. You. Good morning, good morning to you and many more. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Daring Dialogue. I am your host today, Shante Charles. We are doing a short show today, and... I don't know about you, but this week has been super, super, super busy. I have uh, kicked off about a month long of some sessions for helping students with test preparation on tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You do not want to miss the seminar that I'm going to be holding on Black Table Talks Facebook page. If you know of any students, you have parents, you know some parents that have um, upper middle school to high schoolers, you want to make sure that you tell them to be on Black Table Talk tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The broadcast is going to stay up until Monday at 11 a.m. And then that broadcast is going to be taken down. All right. So that broadcast is about college and choosing the best fit it is geared toward 8th through 11th graders it's going to be on a saturday morning 11 a.m eastern standard time so get your get your student up give them some breakfast have them sign on and have them take a look at this seminar because i'm going to be sharing top 10 things to look for when selecting a college i've had every parent that has seen their child go through this has come back and said to me thank you so much for the information you provided thank you for saving me some time thank you for saving me some money thank you for saving me some arguments with my child about where they want to go that doesn't even uh represent what they're interested in so it's going to be a very helpful seminar and i encourage parents to jump on jump on with your student on saturday morning again that is tomorrow morning 11 a.m eastern standard time the seminar is geared toward 8th through 11th grade students so i'm really going to be talking to students about the kind of colleges that are out there and 10 factors in how to choose the college that best fits you yes there are plenty of great colleges out here but not every college fits every student all right so I just want to make sure I put that out there. And in that seminar, I'm going to be offering people the opportunity to sign up for my SAT and ACT prep, which will be held between October and December. There's a few dates um, that you can select. So you have the option, the student has the option of selecting more than one date. 
um, for that preparation, or they can just select one. Those are going to be paid seminars, so there is a registration fee, but the fee is very minimal compared to the information that I'm going to be offering that you typically would not get at the price that I'm going to be offering it. All right. So just want to um, share that with you and put that out. Also, um, shout out to Lady Stephanie. Lady Stephanie, thank you for supporting my school supply drive that I have going on right now. If you would like to donate to that, you can always donate at dollar sign Life Nation and just type in school supplies or supply drive. Okay. All right. So I want to start out today. We're talking about rest, but I put this up last night on my page. This was kind of, kind of comical and I want to share it with you all. So let me see if I can go get to it really quickly. I put up this little cat and it says, let me see if I can turn this around. There we go. It says, me looking at people trying to pull me into an argument I never made. <laughs> this is really how I look at people online when they're trying to pull me into an argument I never made. Have you ever made a post and then somebody comes into your comment section with a whole dissertation about something that has nothing to do with anything you posted? Or they're wanting to start an argument over something that you never said? At this point in my life, I'm too old for that. So I made a song. Wanna hear? Here you go. <laughs> Let me see, I got my volume turned up. There we go. Get somebody else to fool with you. Get somebody else to do it. I believe you when you show me the first time. I believe you when you show me. Get somebody else to do it. Do it. Get somebody else to fool with you. Get somebody else to do it. I believe you when you show me the first time. I believe you when you show me the first time. All right. That's the that that's the energy I'm on. <laughs> Get somebody else to do it. Anybody else on that energy? It's Get Free Friday. I don't have time to be arguing with anybody online about something I never said. Point blank period, right? Time is precious. That being said, let me hop into the book that we are reading on Fridays, which is Rest is Resistance. Can you all believe that we're already at episode 89? And that in 11 episodes, we'll be closing out season 12 of Daring Dialogues. Amazing. Rest is resistance, a manifesto. We are looking at her tenets of rest and we are on tenet number three, which is that naps provide a portal to imagine, invent, and heal. When you allow yourself to take a nap like Bobby Bowden did when he worked at Florida State University, he took a 15 minute nap every single day. And he said that that was a part of his key to success. Naps provide a portal 
to imagine, to invent, to heal. It provides an opportunity for your brain to recharge and your brain to reset and your body to reset. So let's continue with her tenant number three, and then hopefully we'll have time to move on to tenant number four. Silence and slowness have always inspired my practice as an artist. The role of the artist is to make new things and to resurrect. I am obsessed with community resurrection and individual resurrections. Wherever spirit is, healing can happen. I'm inspired by invention and the opportunity to craft something new from scratch. I'm interested in remixing. I'm inspired by grief, mourning, and lament. I feel like these places are vulnerable and generative spaces for healing. These states of being must be protected. A reckoning must happen. The NAP ministry is a meditation on rest as resistance. It shines a light directly on the power of dismantling the toxic systems that create trauma and terror in our bodies and souls. We center rest as a means for healing and liberation. We believe sleep deprivation is a racial and social justice issue. We must be able to sit with this deep truth. America is not a welcoming place to all bodies. America was built on the backs of black and indigenous people who labored without rest for centuries as the country built its economic power. White supremacy became the vehicle to poison the hearts and minds of an entire nation to view human beings as less than divine. Rest is resistance because it is a counter narrative to the script of capitalism and white supremacy for all people, not just black people. Resting is a connection and a path back to our true nature. We are stripped down to who we really were before the terror of capitalism and white supremacy. We say no to the systems that see us simply as machines. We resist the lie that we aren't enough. We are enough. We are divine. Our bodies don't belong to these toxic systems. We know better. Our spirits know better. So one of the things that she has here is a rest meditation practice. And I'm just going to read what the, the practice is. We're not going to do it today, but I encourage you, come back to this video. Think about this rest meditation practice and then put it into action sometime today. Sit in a chair with your back upright and your feet firmly planted on the floor. Recline in a chair, on a bed, on a couch, in a hammock, or on the floor. Scan your body and recognize any tension you might be feeling. Breathe deeply. Imagine a world without limits. Inhale deeply from your belly. Hold for four seconds and exhale slowly and repeat. Now, I will say that one of the things that I do when I'm working with um, students in test prep is I often teach them about breath work and how to do breath work so that before they start testing or during the test, if they feel a measure of anxiety, they know that they can go to this practice of breathing and breathing deeply um, to bring themselves back to a state of calm. It has also been scientifically proven that when you do and when you practice deep breathing before or during a test, it can actually boost your test score up to 3%. And for some people, 
that 3% can be the difference between passing or failing. So I'm always going to encourage people, especially if you, it doesn't matter if you're a student or if you are a college student or if you are an adult having to go for professional testing or licensure or certification, the principle works. It doesn't matter what age you are. Let's go to tenant number four. Tenant number four, our dream space has been stolen and we want it back. We reclaim it via rest. There has been a robbery, dream space theft. Our dream space has been stolen and we want it back. Each step I take, a hand from my ancestors reaches up to hold my feet, holds me close to lay me down. Reciprocity, our salvation. We will prepare a sacred space for you to rest. We want to wrap ourselves in a blanket made of hope. We will rest. Joy is our birthright. Pleasure is our balm. Rest is our resistance. Social media is robbing us of the archives and memory, taking from us the ability to go to the past for guidance, motivation, and grounding. This rest movement is not a trend and is instead the ancient work of liberation. To frame rest as something Black people are finally reclaiming is to erase the history of so many of my ancestors and those living today who have consistently seen rest as an important part of living and resistance. Audre Lorde, Alice Walker, Harriet Tubman, my grandmother Aura, my mother Jean, the Freedom Riders during the Civil Rights Movement, there is nothing new about black death, anti-blackness, and oppression. These things are as old as time, and to not see things in totality is causing us more trauma. When I think about the history of the transatlantic trade, shadow slavery, and plantation labor, I am stunned by how much we have chosen to forget that capitalism was actually built from these systems. Now, if you've been on here any length of time, you've heard us talk about capitalism and how the word capitalism comes from the word chattel. And the word chattel deals with um, cattle, right? Or being herded as cattle or being not seen as humans. And we know that word chattel from what we have here in the United States, which was chattel enslavement or the herding of people and the treatment of people as non-human. A lot of times people talk about, well, what's the difference? Slavery's going on everywhere in the world. Slavery's always been around. What is the difference between what America has done and other countries who have enslaved people? One big difference is that slavery is going on in other, has gone on in other countries, but those other countries did not deny the humanness of the people they enslaved. America did that. America decided we're not even going to see these people as human. We're going to count them among the animals, among the tools, among our property. If you go back and look at enslaved records, black people were counted just like cattle. I've got three chickens, five cows, and, you know, three enslaved people. And they were put on the properties list. They were not listed as persons. They were not considered persons. So that is one major difference between what's happening in the rest of the world versus what happened in the United States. It was chattel 
enslavement. It wasn't just enslavement. It was a dehumanizing process. Slaves don't get to have an opinion as shadow. You don't get to be treated as someone that has feelings or emotions. So anything is done to you because I've taken away that human element from you. So the word capitalism, let me emphasize it again. The word capitalism is really the word chattelism. So hopefully that should help people make the connection. Capitalism, chattelism, slavery. So when people say that the way in which capitalism operates needs to be completely deconstructed and dismantled, that is a part of what they're talking about. It's not just making money. It is the fact that you are literally dehumanizing people in order to increase yourself. And we have seen that over and over and over again with the stories of corporations and companies and how little they care about the human lives of those who are working underneath their companies. The writer says here, an experimentation in how to push a human body to a machine level pace for centuries, led by white people dizzy with hate and brainwashed by a system that trained them to look at a divine human body as property to be owned. The fact by itself, this fact is why I will never donate my body to this system and why, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, why I will never donate my body to this system and why I navigate my life from a politics of refusal and resistance. My consciousness and spirit will not allow me to align myself with a system that still owes a debt to my ancestors. I personally find it disrespectful and of utter disregard to allow myself to be boldly and proudly grinding my body into a state of exhaustion for a system of enslavement. It stops with me. I landed at a place of radical faith and a let the chips fall where they may attitude when I began experimenting with rest, saving my life in 2013 during my first year of divinity school, she writes. This personal experience became the nap ministry we see today. The more I studied the voices and stories of my ancestors and went head and body first into listening and communicating with them, I simply could not even begin to recreate the brutality they suffered at the hands of the labor they were forced to participate in on plantations. I vividly remember reading the book, Slave Testimony, Two Centuries of Letters, Speeches, Interviews, and Autobiographies by John W. Blassingame for six months while in graduate school. I would lay on the couch with this massive collection of archival history and feel rage and power reliving the daily life of an enslaved person. The story of Madison Jefferson, born and enslaved in Virginia as a house servant who was interviewed in 1841 while living in England. He was a field hand and herder on a plantation with 250 other enslaved people who cultivated tobacco, corn, and hemp. The stories he told of his brother dying while being forced to work in the fields with a head injury rattled me and made me think about all the times Capitalism calls for us to ignore our pain and health for the sake of being on the clock. I recall the trauma of a former boss telling me to come into work 
after I was in a car accident that sent me to the emergency room with a pinched nerve in my shoulder. In his words, if you could just muster up the energy to come in for a few hours. Jefferson goes on in his interview to give details that centered and filled me with rage and empathy in a way I have never experienced before. He recalls the story of receiving 50 lashes for attempting to run away and was chained and placed in a dark dungeon only to be unchained to work in the fields, as described by Blassingame. Quote, the hours of labor were from daylight till dark regularly, and during busy times, they were frequently at work two hours before the day. Sunday was generally considered a day of rest, but they were frequently employed during the whole of that day in binding wheat, taking up hemp, stemming tobacco, and corn. They breakfasted generally at nine o'clock from half an hour to an hour, being allowed according to the pressure of work. In ordinary times, they had a dinner, hour, and a meal in the evening, but when busy, were only allowed two meals, getting an ear of corn or something of that kind in the middle of the day while pursuing their tasks. On the whole, the allowance was very scanty. Frequently, Madison says, I've cried for hunger after coming from work, and I've seen my brothers and sisters crying round mother for food, and she having none to give them. The legacy of brutality surrounding labor, sustenance, and survival for those enslaved on plantations and their descendants is striking, and why I uplift sleep deprivation as a justice issue. Grind culture is a collaboration between capitalism and white supremacy. Capitalism is from the plantation. Our current system of labor was made from this paradigm. Knowing this shifted me and must be acknowledged as part of our deprogramming process from grind culture. It is a painful realization, but one we must confront to find our way to healing. What does it feel like to hold this knowledge and to understand that you are unconsciously and consciously participating in a system that has its foundation in viewing human bodies as non-human machines? What is grind culture doing to our spiritual, mental, and physical health? How does it feel to know your human body is viewed by a capitalist and ableist culture as existing only to make a profit? And if you're not making a profit, then many people feel you don't deserve to exist. For us to not view our own bodies or the bodies of others as a divine dwelling, the site of liberation and a miracle is to bow down to the dominant oppressive culture. We must see our bodies as a miracle and a place of reverence where existing in exhaustion is not normal or acceptable. The beauty of resting knows that we are blessed to have a body, to be chosen to be alive, to breathe, to make choices, and proclaim that our bodies are our own is a deep practice in care. It is the beginning of a revolution, radical, and a resistance. Rest is resistance is a manifesto on the origins of the NAP ministry, including the main tenets of the movement. The next section of this book will consist of four parts, each with a direct call to action. Rest, dream, resist, imagine. Illustrated with storytelling and history and informed by my deep experience in theology, activism, and performance art, it is the story of my ancestors, my muses, my family, my community, and all that inspired the founding. It's the place into the archives that this work started with me trying to save my own life while basking in the power of my ancestors' lives. It's inspired by American Maroons 
who decided they would never be enslaved on plantations. My grandmother's vegetable garden, my mother's paintings, intergenerational wisdom, kitchen hairstylists, altars constructed outdoors, family reunion t-shirts, art outside the walls of museums, Gwendolyn Brooks, Audre Lorde, Bell Hooks, James Cone, James Baldwin, Octavia Butler, my granny Aura, who rested her eyes on the couch, black women, protesters, the black church, black healing music, womanism, my daddy, and to the ancestors' names I don't know. It is a tenderness, a remixing, and knowing that rest is a miracle. The following invocation has been spoken over the tired bodies of thousands of people who have attended our collective napping experiences in person and virtually. A transmission to open the portal of rest. Here is the invocation. The doors of the Nap Temple are open. Won't you come? This is an invitation for weary souls to rest. This is a resistance. This is a protest. This is a counter narrative to the lie that we all aren't doing enough. We are enough. This is a counter narrative to the lie that our worth is tied to the grind of capitalism and the lie of white supremacy. You are enough simply by being alive. Thank you for living. Thank you for resisting. Thank you for creating. Thank you for dreaming. Thank you for resting. We believe that our healing can visit us while we are napping. We are resting. We are sleeping. We are slowing down. We believe that naps provide a dream envisioning space, a space to invent, to create, to heal, to imagine. This is what resistance looks like. Won't you come? This is a resistance. This is a protest. So next Friday, as the Lord wills, we will dive into part one. I want to stop here and I want to give us about 15, 20 minutes today to chop it up. So if you would like to join me in conversation, click on the camera and I will bring you on. Today's affirmation is, there is information in my dreams, in my dream space, and in my daydreaming. So I want to encourage you, if you are um, buying the book, she also has a rest deck that comes with that book that you have to order it separately. And it says, there's a collection of wisdom and knowledge waiting for you in a dream space. What if your body has a message of liberation, but can only offer it while you're in a rested state? Imagine the ways and examine the ways you can slow down right now and forever. Go into your dream space often. If you're listening by Google Play or Spotify, I want to thank you for your time and attention. I hope that you have a peaceful and most importantly, sacred and restful weekend. Be well and most importantly, be light.